part two chapters one through three of anne severn and the fieldings by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two adolescence chapter one for the next two years anne came again and again staying four months at wick and four months in london with grandmamma severn and aunt emily and four months with grandpapa everett at the essex farm when she was twelve they sent her to school in switzerland for three years then back to wick after eight months of london and essex in between only the times at wick counted for anne her calendar showed them clear with all their incidents recorded thick black lines blotted out the other days as she told them off one by one three years and eight months were scored through in this manner anne at fifteen was a tall girl with long hair tied in a big black bow at the nape of her neck her vague nose had settled into the forward raking line that made her the dark likeness of her father her body was slender but solid the strong white neck carried her head high with the poise of a runner she looked at least seventeen in her clean-cut coat and skirt probably she wouldn't look much older for another fifteen years robert fielding stared with incredulity at this figure which had pursued him down the platform at wick and now seized him by the arm is it is it anne of course it is why didn't you expect me i think i expected something smaller and rather less grown up i'm not grown up i'm the same as ever well you're not little anne any more she squeezed his arm hanging on it in her old loving way no but i'm still me and i'd have known you anywhere what with my grey hair i love your grey hair it made him handsome more lovable than ever anne loved it as she loved his face tanned and tightened by sun and wind the long hard-drawn lines the thin kind mouth the clear greenish-brown eyes quick and kind colin stood by the dog-cart in the station-yard colin was changed he was no longer the excited child who came rushing to you he stood for you to come to him serious and shy his child's face was passing from prettiness to a fine sombre beauty what's happened to call call he's all different is he wait uncle robert said till you've seen gerald oh is gerald going to be different too i'm afraid he'll look a little different i don't care she said he'll be him she wanted to come back and find everybody and everything the same looking exactly as she had left them what they had once been for her they must always be they drove slowly up wick hill the tree-tops meeting overhead made a green tunnel you came out suddenly into the sunlight at the top the road was the same they passed by the unicorn inn and the post-office through the narrow crooked street with the church and churchyard at the turn and so into the grey and yellow market square with the two tall elms standing up on the little green in the corner they passed the queen's head the powder blue sign hung out from the yellow front the same as ever next came the fountain and the four forked roads by the signpost then the dip of the hill to the left and the grey ball-topped stone pillars of the park gates on the right at the end of the beech avenue she saw the house the three big sharp-pointed gables of the front the little gable underneath in the middle jutting out over the porch that was the bay of aunt adeline's bedroom 
she used to lean out of the lattice windows and call to the children in the garden the house was the same so were the green terraces and the wide flat-topped yew walls and the great peacocks carved out of the yew and beyond them the lawn flowing out under banks of clipped yew down to the goldfish pond they were things that she had seen again and again in sleep and memory things that had made her heart ache thinking of them that took her back and back and wouldn't let her be she had only to leave off what she was doing and she saw them they swam before her eyes covering the swiss mountains the flat essex fields the high white london houses they waited for her at the waking end of dreams she had found them again a gap in the green walls led into a flower garden and there down the path between tall rows of phlox and larkspurs and anchusa of blue heaped on blue aunt adeline came holding up a tall bunch of flowers blue on her white gown blue on her own milk white and blue she came looking like a beautiful girl the same the same anne had seen her in dreams walking like that tall among the tall flowers she never hurried to meet you hurrying would have spoiled the beauty of her movement she came slowly absent-mindedly stopping now and then to pluck yet another of the blue spires robert stood still in the path to watch her she was smiling a long way off intensely aware of him is that anne she said yes auntie really anne well you are a big girl aren't you she kissed her three times and smiled looking away again over her flower-beds that was the difference between aunt adeline and uncle robert his eyes made you important they held you all the time he talked to you when he smiled it was for you altogether and not for himself at all her eyes never looked at you long her smile wandered it was half for you and half for herself for something she was thinking of that wasn't you what have you done with your father she said i was to tell you daddy's ever so sorry but he can't come till to-morrow a horrid man kept him on business oh a little crisping wave went over aunt adeline's face a wave of vexation anne saw it he is really sorry you should have heard him damning and cursing they laughed adeline was appeased she took her husband's arm and drew him to herself something warm and secret seemed to pass between them anne said to herself that's how people look without finishing her thought lest she should feel shut out he turned to her well are you glad to be back again anne he said glad i'm never glad to be anywhere else i've been counting the weeks and the days and the minutes the minutes yes in the train they had come up on to the flagged terrace anne looked round her where's gerald she said and they laughed again there's no doubt said uncle robert about it being the same anne chapter two a day passed john severn had come he was to stay with the fieldings for the last weeks of his leave he had followed adeline from the hot terrace to the cool library when she wanted the sun again he would follow her out robert and colin were down at the manor farm elliot was in the schoolroom reading gerald and anne sat together on the grass under the beech trees alone they had got over the shock of the first encounter when they met at arm's length not kissing but each remembering shyly that they used to kiss if they had not got over the difference the change of anne from a child to a big girl of gerald from a big boy to a man's height and a man's voice it was because in some obscure way that difference fascinated them 
the great thing was that underneath it they were both as anne said the same i don't know what i'd have done gerald if you hadn't been you might have known i would be i did know i say what a thundering lot of hair you've got i like it you like what auntie adeline calls my new nose awfully she meditated gerald do you remember benjy rather dear benjy do you know i can hardly believe i'm here i never thought i should come again but why shouldn't you i don't know only i think every time something'll happen to prevent me i'm afraid of being ill or dying before i can get away and they might send me anywhere any day it's awful to be so uncertain don't think about it you're here now oh gerald supposing it was the last time it isn't the last time don't spoil it by thinking you'd think if you were me i say you don't mean they're not decent to you who grandmamma and grandpapa they're perfect darlings so's aunt emily but they're awfully old and they can't play at anything except bridge and it isn't the same thing at all besides i don't she paused it wasn't kind to the poor things to say i don't love them the same do you like us so awfully then yes i'm glad you like us they were silent up and down the flagged terrace above them aunt adeline and uncle robert walked together the sound of his voice came to them low and troubled anne listened is anything wrong she said they've been like that for ages daddy's bothered about elliot elliot about his wanting to be a doctor is auntie adeline bothered no she would be if she knew but she doesn't think it'll happen she never thinks anything will happen that she doesn't like but it will they can't keep him off it he's been doing medicine at cambridge because they won't let him go and do it at bart's it's just come out that he's been at it all the time working like blazes why shouldn't he be a doctor if he likes because he's the eldest son it wouldn't matter so much if it was only colin or me but elliot ought to have the estate and he says he won't have it he doesn't want it he says daddy's got to leave it to me that's what's worrying the dear old thing he thinks it wouldn't be fair who to gerald laughed why to elliot he's got it into his dear old head that he ought to have it he can't see that elliot knows his own business best it would be most awfully in his way it's pretty beastly for me too i don't like taking it when i know daddy wants elliot to have it that's to say he doesn't want he'd like me to have it because i'd take care of it but that makes him all the more stuck on elliot because he thinks it's the right thing i don't like having it in any case why ever not well i can only have it if daddy dies and i'd rather die myself first that's how i feel about my farm beastly isn't it still i'm not worrying daddy's frightfully healthy thank heaven he'll live to be eighty at the very least why i should be fifty you're all right said anne but it's awful for me grandpapa might die any day he's seventy-five now it'll be ages before you're fifty and i may never be it india may polish me off long before that he laughed his happy laugh the idea of his own death seemed to gerald irresistibly funny india he laughed again at her dismay rather i'm going in for the indian civil oh gerald you'll be away years and years nearly all the time like daddy and i shan't ever see you i shan't start for ages not for five years lots of time to see each other in lots of time for not seeing each other ever again 
she sat staring mournfully seeing before her the agony of separation nonsense said gerald why on earth shouldn't you come out to india too i say that would be a lark wouldn't it you would come wouldn't you like a shot said anne would you give up your farm to come i'd give up anything well that's all right let's go and play tennis they played for two hours straight on end laughing and shouting adeline intensely bored by eliot and his absurd affairs came down the lawn to look at them she loved their laughter it was good to have anne there anne was so happy john severn came to her did you ever see anything happier than that absurd boy she said why can't eliot be jolly and contented too like gerald don't you think the chief reason may be that he isn't gerald gerald's adorable he's never given me a day's trouble since he was born no it's other women he'll give trouble to said john before he's done chapter three colin was playing all afternoon he had been practising with fury first scales then exercises then a pause and now his fingers slipped into the first movement of the waldstein sonata secretly mysteriously he began then broke sharply impatiently crescendo as the passion of the music mounted up and up and now as it settled into its rhythm his hands ran smoothly and joyously along the west window of the drawing-room was open to the terrace eliot and anne sat out there and listened he's wonderful isn't he she said eliot shook his head not so wonderful as he was not half so wonderful as he ought to be he'll never be good enough for a professional he knows he won't what's happened nothing that's just it nothing ever will happen he's stuck it's the same with his singing he'll never be any good if he can't go away and study somewhere if it isn't berlin or leipzig it ought to be london but father can't live there and the mater won't go anywhere without him so poor kalkal's got to stick here doing nothing for the same rotten old master is telling him things he knew years ago it'll be worse next term when he goes to cheltenham he won't be able to practise and nobody'll care a damn not that that would matter if he cared himself colin was playing the slow movement now the grave pure passion pressed out from the solemn bass throbbed tense with restraint oh eliot he does care in a way not enough to keep on at it you've got to slog like blazes if you want to get on gerald won't ever then oh yes he will he'll get on all right because he doesn't care because work comes so jolly easy to him he hasn't got to break his heart over it the trouble with colin is that he cares awfully for such a lot of other things us for instance he'll leave off in the middle of a movement if he hears gerald yelling for him he ought to be able to chuck us all we're all of us in his way he ought to hate us he ought to hate gerald worst of all adeline and john severn came round the corner of the terrace what's all this about hating he said what do you mean eliot said she eliot raised himself wearily i mean he said you'll never be any good at anything if you're not prepared to commit a crime for it i know what i'd commit a crime for said anne but i shan't tell you needn't you'd do it for anybody you were gone on well i would i'd tell any old lie to make them happy i'd steal for them if they were hungry i'd kill anybody who hurt them i believe you would said eliot we know who anne would commit her crimes for we don't we don't know anything she doesn't want us to said eliot shielding her from his mother's mischief that's right eliot stick up for her said john 
he knew what she was thinking of would gerald commit a crime he said sooner than any of us but not for the indian civil he'd rob butcher lie himself black in the face for anything he really cared for he would for collins said anne rob butcher and lie her father meditated it sounds like gerald doesn't it said adeline absurd children thank goodness they don't any of them know what they're talking about and here's tea indoors the music stopped suddenly and colin came out ready what's gerald doing he said it was as eliot remarked a positive obsession end of part two chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine